and welcome to Article 23, the podcast all about making work work. I'm James Hancock and I'm excited to introduce this week a new member of the team, Suzanne Gavrilovic. And I'm very, very excited to be here, James, thank you. <laughs> and we're very, very excited to have you here, Suzanne, so welcome. Um, for those of you who don't know Suzanne, uh, she's a long-standing member of the MY community, but she brings a phenomenal amount of senior people and culture HR experience is one of the most insightful leadership coaches I've ever seen. And she has some great ideas about how to make work human, which is invaluable to the work we do every day. Yeah, can't, can't wait to work with you more. It's gonna be awesome. Can't wait for the podcast today. A couple of weeks back, we spoke about, we wanted to have a discussion on disconnecting. Yes. And we put a few ideas down as we normally do. And we said, we wanna have a debate on this because what we uncovered was we actually <laughs> yes. had a few differences of opinion about whether disconnecting was great or not, whether yes. we loved doing it or not, and we had quite different views, so we put that down. Yes. What prompted that, though, was this idea we wanted to talk about today, which is all about continuous connection. Yes. And this it's this continuing connection piece yeah. that's actually driving a whole different way of thinking about not just work, but business in total. Yeah. Um, so we're going to talk about it from a few perspectives, not just the one that's obvious. Yeah. So constant connection or constant, you know, being connected to people 24-7. Mm. Obvious one for that is well-being. Yep. But the topic of this podcast really prompted by a really interesting article about how important it is to be constantly connected to your customers 24-7. Yep. So the age of continuous connection to your customers, yep. written by a couple of Wharton professors, and I hope respectfully <laughs> I get their names right, but Nikolai Sigelkow and Christian Tuitz. So yep. it Please ring us if I pronounce it but certainly that's the It'd be best cool. Thing to do. It would be cool to have a call from those two. I it would be really, really cool. We welcome your call. Yeah, no, awesome. Um, look, I loved reading the article as well. I thought it was great. There are a lot of interesting um, insights there. And while, when I was in the US recently, I saw a few of these play out in some of the business models and the thinking of people, particularly in tech in San Francisco, but yeah. um, super interested to see how they play out and the implications on people. Yeah. So looking at the article, the Harvard um, article noted that the new technologies in connectivity mean business models and the way we work can be fundamentally different. So I think every industry and every profession and every HR professional is feeling this now. Yeah, because it's absolutely agree because it's putting pressure on us to think differently about work. Yeah. So in a nutshell, mm. we started looking at the really traditional ways organizations connect to their customers, which is they call episodically. <laughs> and then a customer identified a need, they say, please, can I have this? They search for it and they find you. So it's basically what they call buy what you have. Mm. But a lot of companies still interact like mm. this, but the ones that are actually getting ahead don't interact like, interact like that mm. at all. Episodically has a bit of an abnormal psychology vibe to it. It does. It does a <laughs> just prompted me. It, it That's does. not what we mean at all. No, nothing to do with <laughs> what, yes. what we're thinking is that this range of technologies mean that this connectivity to others has never been higher, at least in theory. And what it means from a customer perspective is we've got a whole lot more information than we've ever had, and that will only grow on preferences, behaviors, needs, and wants. Um, yeah. You know, working out what people need or what they might need or what they might want before they maybe even know for themselves exactly what that is. And, and you gave us some great examples when you came back from your exploratory US trip yeah. about theme parks. I thought that was really the, interesting. The theme parks one was cool and I thought about it from a couple of people we've worked with in Sydney before, but uh, 
all about the way that guests um, to theme parks interact in their, you know, day out at the park or their week out at the park if you're in the States. Uh, And the types of experiences we can tailor for you and curate for you based on what we know, given data, make it kind of seamless to say it's Rhonda's birthday today and Rhonda loves a particular, say, Disney character. Yes. And we can get that Disney character to come over and wish you a happy birthday, something like that. I I digress, but we went to (laughs) to Disneyland for three days. Yes. And my youngest daughter's favourite character is an alien called Stitch. Yep. And we couldn't find him. So we just wandered and wandered and wandered. And then I went up and I said, excuse me, um, has Stitch turned up? And they're like, oh, no, Stitch is sick. Mm. I'm like, it's a dude in a suit. Like, can't someone just pop it on? (laughs) I'll pop it on. I have, like, a four-year-old who needs to see it. Anyway, they're like, no. Once a character is in character, they're absolutely the character. So if Stitch is sick, Stitch is sick. Hmm. I'm like, okay. Now, I, luckily, I respect that. Oh, yeah, thank you. <laughs> I did not at the Joking. time, but we eventually did. But yeah. on the third day, he turned up and he yeah. gave her all sorts of lovely posters and things, which was really great. So, again, yeah. beautiful experience. And they are, certainly are leading the way. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, and the only other example that I had, and I saw it in a particular style, try and not name names on this one, was... Um, with different chips in shoes and linking up to wearable technology, working out whether you've gone for a run today, how long the run's been, where you've gone on a run, whether or not you've gone at all. And and what I would like it to extend to in the future is you need to buy a pair of shoes, buddy, and get moving. I know, but doesn't your watch already do that? Like my It tells me to breathe a lot. It keeps telling me to breathe. I said, before I had you, I had 31 years where I was breathing every... I tell you what, the smart watches are very judgy. I'm just saying. They are. Very judgy. Yeah. But helpful. (laughs) Yeah. So there's also learning institutions working out where you're spending the most time, yeah. uh, where you're spending the most time reading, and a strong prompt for content you might need extra support on. So perhaps a different way to take in that information by offering you a video, for example. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. think that's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. And a good application into the whole HR world, potentially, if we know what people, yeah. where gaps are. Or... Yeah. And if they're looking at an article for like 10 seconds, that means they're not reading it. Looking no. for a video for five minutes. That's how you need to serve things up to them. I think that's quite good. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Tailoring the experience. Totally. As they say. Totally. And tailoring the experience is one of um, the four things mentioned in the Harvard article. So I thought maybe we could just sort of run through what they are and some of the implications. I'll the big, start. I'll the big four. The big four. The big four. The first one that um, was mentioned is this quite traditional one of responding to desire. So... What, what does a customer want? They're telling us what they want and what they need. Um, let's be responsive to that. Offer great service and provide them what they need. As long, as long as it's actually accurate. Yeah, that's right. Because we had like a huge standing joke here in moi. Yeah. Because about every hour I was interrupted to say, you should buy yourself an animal print scarf. <laughs> and I've never bought an animal print scarf in my life. And I'm like, why do they think I want one? Like, leave it's me alone. Trying to, it, it could be a need, could be a want. Could be a bit of <laughs> but I'm glad to see that you have one every day. Yeah. So. <laughs> Sitting here in my zebra coat. It worked. <laughs> So the second of the big four is the curated offering. Mm. So this is serving up a customized menu of options. Important where there are lots of choices and okay if the customer is willing to give up some personal data. So probably based on historical behavior. So you must have been thinking somewhere about um, animal (laughs) creatures. But an example of this is I go to buy a shirt. Um, I always buy white shirts. So it curates me the best deals on white shirts. And, and yep. this is the argument of the big tech companies. We need to collect all your data so we can give you a fabulous experience. Yep. 
And we might use your data as well, just quietly. <laughs> but that's another story. Yes. Okay. Third one, coaching behavior. So this is when organizations nudge you towards a goal. Maybe that's what my, my watch is doing. Mm. So coming from a customer coming from a customer need, they'll sort of nudge you toward here's a little bit extra data and interpretation. And the shoe company might remind me to go for a run or mm. you know, hopefully they'll comment on the shoes as opposed to tell me I'm a bit lazy, but that's another story. So mm. coaching us towards what they think we ought to do or what they'd like us to buy. Yeah. Yep, that's a good one. It has good application. I think this last one for me is in the example that they gave in the article is a belter, which is automatic execution, which is about using data that we have, hopefully in the right way, um, actually fulfilling a need before it's become a need for us, but in a really tight kind of problem that it's solving for us. So the yep. example they gave was a printer. Yep. We all know the pesky printer cartridge order, or you know we're printing that 10-page document yep. we need to sign urgently and it runs out on page four. Yep. No uh, one print color. No one print color. I'm waiting for a red yeah, disc or something. Yeah, a magenta. Yeah, oh, it's magenta. Number ninety two. You know, whatever That's it is. Right. You know, it's always got some fancy <laughs> name, or whatever. That's fine. That's true. But basically, if what if you gave it permission when you signed up with your details to be able to replace it for you and send it to your door, ready to go before the old one ran out. Right. Brilliant. I think that actually. That's pretty handy. cool. That's that user yeah. case is cool. So we've got all these really great strategies mm. and as customers, we want 24 seven, we want responsiveness, we want people curating our experience, making it fantastic. What does that mean for work? And how does that flow onto the way that we design work and the way that we think about it? So there's you know, a huge number of impacts of this, good and bad, but 24 seven, that's first up. So none of mm. us can work 24 seven. So the first one is we've got sort of augmented technology, for want of a better term, yeah. the chatbot on the website that talks to you. Yeah, yeah. And what comes through on that, and I know that from our example, but I'm sure many companies are the same as us or some variation of or you know, developing views on it, is it, you want it to look like a person, but it can't always be a person. Yes. If that makes sense. So that augmenting of what a computer can do and then also you want to be connected to a human that can give you a great answer that's yes. really tailored. Yes. And that's our approach, opposed to necessarily a chatbot that says, I'm going to give you information that's close, but it's actually not what you're looking and for And we would be asked every day, wouldn't we, are you real or are you a chatbot? And it's actually... In real life and real. on the website. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm not sure if that's what you're getting at. Sorry. <laughs> so people are quite excited yeah. when our chatbot is actually a real person with a real answer that's actually sensible and relevant to the question they ask. Like yes. they're genuinely excited about that. So that must be quite special. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Which is good. The other part of this 24-7 thing is that by definition, we have to move to a more flexible workforce. We can't actually work 24-7, even being a chatbot or whatever it happens to be. Yeah. So work needs to be designed and divided quite differently. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And where I've seen that happen as an example, and I think by design of the type of work, and I'm sure there's a lot of other examples, is um, foreign exchange. Yeah. In yeah. banking, a, a trading floor, a market. Markets don't really shut, despite what people may think and say and do. More yeah. and more, they're open. Yeah. Um, and so I've seen literally the book of work get passed around between people in different time zones. Yeah. And that works usually pretty beautifully. So you head off multiple client relationship kind of touch points in the time zone and across. Responding to market, that's pretty cool. Kind of works. And I've always found when I've worked in a global company that they've been much more flexible. And I think yeah. part of that is that 
no one works 24-7 and yep. time zones are all over the shop. And yep. Except if you get one possible. of those really out-of-touch yeah. bosses that wants everyone to meet at Australian time 4 a.m. or something crazy. Yeah. But apart from that, it is expected that, oh, that's not an Australian time zone, we'll, we'll send this over to Ron and she can catch it in the middle of the night. And that seems to work really well. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay. Great. Workforce mix, multiple people so, in the role. And you've got an example of that here at Mott because your chatbot... Yes. Um, responders <laughs> could be any of the white team, could they not? They yep. absolutely, they absolutely totally. are. Totally. Yes. <laughs> we, we actually, we actually like being the chatbot. Yeah. It's fun. <laughs> <laughs> I get to pretend to be Alicia sometimes. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> it is Alicia's face, but it's yes. often Alicia, but it's often a number of us. Yeah. yeah. So to summarise, James, what's the the big takeaways if you want to be continuously connected to a customer, yes. assuming that you're not going to make your workforce work 24-7? Yeah. yeah, so look, just I think the four um, key approaches that were mentioned in the article, respond to desire, fairly yep. traditional approach. Yeah. The curated offering of what you need, what's a bit of pattern of behavior and what can I kind of serve up to you. Yeah. Third one is coach behavior. Let's try and nudge you along to what we think the outcome is. That's yep. got a you know clear sales flavor. And then the fourth one, which we all kind of loved, was automatic execution of something I need. I've given you permission to fulfill that need, probably on something that's fairly, you know. So in, in your li- case, that would be shoes from the iconic. No. I'd, like milk. <laughs> I'd like milk from my fridge. Oh, that would be you good, don't actually. get me at all, but the iconic does. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> okay, and next week, next week. Yeah, what are we We're going to have a very different conversation. We're going to walk away from technology next week, and we're going to talk about when society is having a particularly tough, yeah. rigorous, painful sometimes debate yeah. about a particular social change. How do you bring that into the workplace in a way that allows people to have difference of opinion a different views of the debate. How do you allow that without yeah. it being offensive or causing other people pain within your work team? It's a super big question. We get asked it all the time. Yeah. We're literally just answering this yesterday afternoon. And so we thought that's a great one to take to people and really open up the conversation. So looking forward to talking about very tough political societal debates next week. Can't wait. Sounds good. Excellent. Big, Thanks for having us. Big more from us. Bye. Bye. Bye.